welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hall, and with me, as always, on this week's time-traveling edition, not that we haven't had a time-traveling edition for the past few, but this one's a special one because we're tra- time-traveling back to the 80s, and we're bringing some guests with us. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> here's my co-host. Patrick Gerard Terry. Ooh. Yeah, that's a beautiful name. Rod, I, don't, I, I didn't know what the J stood for. I was hoping yeah. it was for Jeff, but that's okay too. <laughs> I think I was shortened to like just J, you know. Yeah, because right. my middle Henry Thomas Hall. There we go. There you go. Oh, so Jeff, you didn't even know that. This is like this is new information yeah. for you. Yeah, I know, right? So, this is so yeah. exciting that we could be here. Exciting. So there we go. And uh, I always, not, I have a joke about my middle name. We'll tell it about. I'll, I'll tell it later. Um, and uh, those amazing voices that you heard that were not myself or Patrick are the amazing gentlemen from the $2 Wait Feet podcast, Zach Schaefer and Dustin Rubin. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us in our uh, phone booth, I guess, for this week. <laughs> thank you for having us. And you're in your, you know, I, I would hope you had decorated it a little bit more, but it's fine. I tried it's, to add lights, but the they smell is weird, but it's fine. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the telephone with no 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 coins in the slot. You know, it's know. kind of typical. So yeah, well, just be glad I was able to find the phone booth in 2020. It's impressive. <laughs> That's right. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like finding a DeLorean. I would just keep them all around here. Yeah, uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We uh, we've been communicating, you know, kind of back and forth for a while. Um, I've been really enjoying. I don't even remember how I stumbled upon you guys. That's the funny thing. Um, but then as soon as I did, I dove in because all four of us are from the, you know, grew up in the eighties. So it's like a special sweet spot of nostalgia, especially for me. So, um, and I remember you guys were, uh, shoot, I'm trying to remember the one, the uh, one with, uh, where you guys were trying to figure out where I had Sean Aston from two different, from 85 and 87. Uh, he's whitewater uh, summer. Yeah. yeah whitewater summer. Yeah. That's what it was. Yep. And I yep. I messaged you guys because I was like, yeah, I prefer Sean Aston from 86 um, with the Brat Patrol. And then we, you know, kind of start communicating there. And You're I, the Brat Patrol. That's, yep. uh, that's awesome. Yes. That, that, that is my favorite, probably my favorite Sean Aston, the Brat yeah. Patrol, Sean uh, Aston. Somewhere out there in, in a, in a uh, photo album. Um, yes, yeah, so my mom still has those. Um, somewhere in one of her photo albums, there's a picture <laughs> of me going as Sean Aston from Brat Patrol for Halloween. Hawaiian shirts. Mannered. Not yes. motorized because we're not that kind of, we, we didn't have that kind of money. <laughs> but a skateboard, Hawaiian shirt, you know, had my bag. I was ready to go. So uh, somewhere there's, there was, you know, it's. Rock and roll. Yeah. 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 So, well, you know, that period of time, there was like nothing cooler than being like late for school and you jumping, you know, the idea of jumping on a skateboard a la Marty McFly, you know, or grabbing a truck or in this case, right, the Brad Patrol, he's got the motorized thing and he's just, he's pressing the thing and he's whizzing through the streets and you're like, that is really so much cooler than I am right now. Oh, yeah. And now they actually have them. Like, I've seen people go up and down the street with with motorized skateboards now. I'm like, oh, my God, my childhood has finally come to life. But the only difference is the future is here now. There's no way in hell you'll catch me on one of those. I was going to say, I saw, I saw a dude on a uh, motorized unicycle the other day, and I just what? thought that was pretty much ridiculous. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah. What's, the, what's the point? Yeah, that right. point, really. It was Venice, so. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, there you yeah. go. We usually ask everybody, or at least I usually ask Patrick, but we'll also ask you guys, uh, what's new? Um, you guys are both in Los Angeles area. Um, you guys are, at least judging by the screen, um, doesn't look like anything's burning behind you, so that's a positive sign, I guess. Yeah, um, well, that's yeah, why that's, our blinds are closed. Right? That's always the first thing we, we check. Is there anything on fire behind us? Yep. No, I guess we can record. Okay. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We're good. All right. <laughs> uh, totally. No, about 25 miles away from me right now, there is a 30,000 acre fire that is Jesus. 6% contained and is, has no oh, business God. slowing down. And, and at this point, you know, I am on a evacuation warning just because mainly because of the winds and the smoke. They're very right. unpredictable. we got the Santa Ana winds up here. And so they just, uh, right. in, uh, here in uh, Altadena, California, uh, yeah, they just if they if they turn at nighttime, an ember catches. Um, yeah, but for the moment, things things are things are fine. But it's definitely it's something new this week. Yeah, that's for your um, question. Right, right. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's it's different. Day. The rain we got today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we had rain. You guys had fire. Yeah. We had. We need that. That's, like you, a that's what I was saying. Like we should send the rain we had today. Yeah. That's what you, yes, thank you. We should really, who can we call in Nashville? The, the, the mayor? Uh, I don't know. And your rain. <laughs> Maybe not our mayor. I mean, yeah, I was going to say. He's just, trying to, he's trying to, <laughs> he's a little unpopular at the moment because he's trying to raise everybody's property taxes up 34% to help oh. offset the cost of oh, good, uh, everything of the shutdown. So. Um, yeah, I don't see that going. Because of course well. you can pay that. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm glad we didn't exhaust any other ideas, but you know, <laughs> all right, man. Right. That's your that's your reelection, but not mine. So. Yeah. Um, Patrick, you good? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, um, compared, I mean, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I mean, we're both good compared to them, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, there are some roads that are flooded. Like, I took my daughter home oh. earlier, and um, at the end of the road, we can't take a left because the whole little um, field where they have a soccer field after they yeah. all flooded. Um, it's Mill Creek. So, traveling on Antioch Pike, they go across a bridge, and as you look to the sides, the water's like basically tipping. If it rains anymore, it's done. <laughs> it's done, huh? Yeah, it's going to flood. Because 10 years, it's basically 10 years ago. That's what I started yep. thinking about. Um, the great flood. Of right. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's what I kept thinking. But um, it's not as bad as last time. But, mm -hmm. you know, if it, if it had rained longer or harder than it did, yeah, it'd have been the same repeat. Hmm. See, we need, we need to find a way to uh, get, like, those, those pods that they make and yeah. get, those, get that water loaded up and flown out to LA so they could help put out the yeah, I was going to say that I, I, I filled um, – I hope you can hear me too, by the way, yeah. if my connection is – okay. Um, yeah, but been filling my days with uh, old episodes of G.I. Joe with my son. Oh, so yeah. we've been – we just watched the five-part miniseries, The Rise of Serpentor. Oh, sweet. And uh, mm. so, you know, amidst all the chaos in the world, at least we have the Joes to remind us that there was some goodness in the world about yes. 30 years ago, so – so they used to be my favorite growing up was watching that show and i have season 
I've got season one and 1.5, I think is what it is, on uh, DVD. And I've got yeah, the, yep. the movie, which is actually really hard to find. I came across and yep. was able to find it. I tried to get my son to watch it, and he was like, can we watch something else? I'm like, you're oh. breaking my heart. Oh. I was like, Damn. no. I was like, you're breaking my heart here, kid. Mm -hmm. so I'm Man. like, that's been a year or so ago. I think he just wanted to watch something else. It wasn't that he didn't actually. It's understandable. Watch. I was yeah. like, "Oh, you're breaking my heart." Well, my I, son now wants to be. Uh, my son, my son now wants to be Ser Serpentor for Halloween. Oh, really? So, mm. uh, well, well, good luck finding that costume. <laughs> well, so, I make it. I make all his oh, costumes. Oh, cool. sweet! There you go. That will work perfectly. That's then. what happens when you. That's what happens <laughs> when you have a kindergarten teacher for a for a dad. That's like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll just make you one. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I was never that clever. Um, Beautiful costumes. Well, I tell you, I did. Uh, I take that back. Two years back, we did a. Uh, he wanted to go as Johnny Test because that was his cartoon choice. Oh yeah, yeah. He loved Johnny Test. I'm like, how in the hell are we gonna? I mean, it's hadn't been on in years, and it's not when it's. You know, it's not like there's toys for it. You know, so it's not like it's gonna be easy to find anything. But you know, sure yeah. enough, I was like, all right, well, we just get a. So I got a black shirt. I found a you know, the little radioactive logo iron-on patch. Ordered that off Amazon. Yeah. Sure. Ironed it on, got a pair of green pants, Done. and it spiked his hair. He was happy. So, <laughs> like, there we go, Johnny Test. So, yeah. Luckily, my daughter likes all mainstream things. That's all you need. That's all you need. Know, right? But, no, I used to collect the old uh, G.I. Joe Marvel comics. Uh, back when G.I. Joe was owned by Marvel. Oh, okay. yeah. I so I used to have all of them, and then or at least the vast majority of them. And then at some point they disappeared. I'm not sure where, because since we used to do summers at my dad's, I know I took a lot up there and I, because where I left them up there, you know, that way it has something to read when I come back. And one time they were gone and I asked them, you know, when I, when I got older, I go, hey, when y'all moved from Kansas City back to Tampa, did you, uh, y'all throw away my, or sell, throw away or sell my G.I. Joe comics? If you did, it's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to be mad. I would just like to know. So I quit trying to hunt him down. He's like, no, no, we don't No, We didn't do any of that. And I'm like, I was still skeptical. Mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. I couldn't, I'm like, well, if they're not, you know, if they're not my mom, where are they? Somewhere where are they? They, they, they're in some other kid's hands, which is fine. That's right. As long as, someone, as long as they're getting used and not just discarded. So I've been through the years, I've kind of slowly rebuilt it. So I've got long boxes of the old ones. Plus nice. newer ones, and then like trade paperbacks of all the judges. So, all the good stuff. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's. Uh, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna. I was gonna say yeah, because I still have mine from back in the day. And one of the things I don't. I don't know if you guys remember, but GI Joe put out a special issues where they would show the lineup of all the figures, right? Yeah. Of all the guys, all the characters, and Rocky Balboa was a official G.I. Joe at one point. Yep. And then they had to do a retraction, re retraction or retraction? Retraction <laughs> issue, the following one saying, uh, correction, Rocky Balboa is not a part of the G.I. Joe uh, force <laughs> because they got, apparently they either got sued or they got like a cease and desist or something. So those comics are semi-rare. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I think the toy's still out there though, because I think they still made a toy. I feel like they, I feel like they did, and not, and not. Um, I think they did. Not Big Boa, which is basically you know the same Big one. Big Boa is Rocky. Yeah. The, 
yeah. Clubber yeah. Lang. Matt, yeah, basically, it's, <laughs> it's what it is. However, they still made a Mr. T one, and they still got a Sergeant Slaughter one. Did meet him one time. No doubt. Yeah. I still have my Refrigerator Perry figure. Nice. Yeah. Wow. I do, too. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Well, shall we get into it? <laughs> let's, uh, let's, uh, well, actually, let's. Dude, before, totally. Well, before you we do that, you know, I, cause I have a bad habit of just going on tangents and getting sidetracked before we do that. And I know What's I've talked mean? about your yeah. podcast a little bit. What, uh, go ahead and give our listeners a kind of an idea of what your podcast $2 late fee is about. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I want to say, I think this is the first time that Zach and I have ever been guests on a podcast as a, as a duo. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very exciting for your, for your listeners. I think you're, I think you're going to gain at least half, half an, an additional listener after this episode. <laughs> um, because that's how much power we have in the podcast world. Um, totally. but, uh, yeah, but $2 late fee, um, is uh, born out of our love for the greatest decade of, in entertainment, the 1980s, um, and uh, it's it, it's also a little a little nod to uh, the the painfully annoying um, situation of being at a video store and returning your video late uh, and uh, being like, well, you know, I returned it a minute late or whatever. Uh, sorry, it's, you know, it's the late fees, it's the late fees. And Zach and I having both worked at video stores, um, we relate to both sides of it. You know, the, the charging the people, the late fees being, being sympathetic to the fact that, you know, listen, we know, we know it doesn't always work out. Let's take those late fees off. Um, but, uh, but yeah, especially if they're cute, if they're, if it's a, right. If it's a, if it's a cute, uh, grandmother, I'll be like, (laughs) <laughs> no late fees for you, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would never picked up ladies at at the uh, when I was working at the video store. Did you? Oh, I did all the. You I did, did all, I, I mean, all the time. You got all yeah. the ladies. I'm like, you never, you never be, I'd be like, I'm gonna zero that out for you, and then uh, you know, yeah, she's crazy. like, oh my gosh, thanks. I'm like, well, you know, next time you come in, you know, uh, if you need any help, let me know. And then next time she comes in, I'm like, I'm gonna ask this girl out. And, uh, and she's like, oh, I got a boyfriend. I'm like, oh, man. And I, but I came up with this idea really quick because talking about Jeff, you're talking about segues, rough segues. <laughs> uh, what if like a, if, if you, you know, you, you, you scanned your credit card back in the day, right? Uh-huh. And, and you, so you had imprints of everyone's credit card at a video store. You could easily just charge a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, what if a video clerk was in love with a girl and he was like charging up everybody's credit cards? And no one knew who it was, and he was slow, and he knew her whole history of movies, so he kind of knew a little bit about her. And then he like you know gets a little too close to her, and then something happens, and he turns out to be a psychopath, which he clearly so, is. 80s version of you, <laughs> right? Right. I wasn't sure what the genre was going to be. I was like, is this a romantic right. comedy? Like we're gonna whoops, you got more late fees on your boyfriend, but no, he's he's a he's a killer. He's just a killer. A late fee guy. Yeah, it's like that Robin, Robin Williams. What's the Robin Williams Photoshop? Uh, one hour photo. One hour photo. Yeah. One hour photo. Very unsettling. Yeah. It's, it's like one hour photo. When he plays a crazy person like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like the best. That's the best kind of Robin Williams. Honestly. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, so we got this podcast and it's I about eight movies and who cares? Uh, no. Uh, uh, Zach, do you want to pick up where I left off? Because I don't remember what I was saying. The well, no, I was going to say too that, you know, we, we, we interview a ton of great icons from the 80s and everybody from like Eric Roberts to uh, we got an upcoming interview with Ari Gross. And if you don't know who he is, you'd know him right away by his face. Um, we interviewed Vince DiCola, who's a legendary film composer for Rocky Four and Transformers the movie. Um, yeah, we have a myriad of people we interview. And that kind of, that was never the whole point of our show, but it's become part of our show. So now we're like, who are we going to book next? <laughs> but right. a lot of fun. Yeah, to be, to be clear, like it started where it was like, let's just revisit movies that we loved as kids, see how they hold up today. And also then take us a, a, a song from the soundtrack that we also loved, kind of dig in, do a little yeah. deep dive into that. Um, and then, yeah. And then it just started happening that we would just started booking people and it snowballed and, uh, yeah, here we are. There you go. Awesome. Well, I've been enjoying it and, you know, I've been posting stuff about how, you know, cause I'll listen to it and I'll be like, Oh, you know, I'll mentally want to write something down to ask or add. And then I'll forget about it later. Cause I, cause we were at the pool a couple of weeks back and you know, the kids were playing, but I still had an earbud in. So I was listening to the Eric Roberts episode. So I was listening, you know, I was mentally trying to write down oh, nice. movies I needed to watch that I hadn't heard of. Or I, or I didn't think I really wanted to watch, but after listening to the interview, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back see if I can find it. So one of them I did add because it's on Hulu, I think uh, is star 80. So I'm going to go back and try and watch that one. Cause I haven't Oof. seen it before. It's, it's hey, rough. It's all right. I'll, I'll make it through. Yeah, it's, it's dark. Uh, I think it might yeah. be connected to a premium service through Hulu. I don't know. So I feel like I was trying to find it for some reason at some point. Okay. Well, I'll give it but a whirl. You'll, you'll find it. It's not. not hidden. Yeah. But I'll, uh, but you know, there'll be stuff like that. And then, um, the Hart Bachner episode I really enjoyed a lot too, because as somebody that believes that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie ever, I was going to, I was like, Oh, I'm oh definitely, totally. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can't wait to listen to this. So um, I really enjoyed that one. We're more about him than I ever thought it would. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, I <laughs> forgot and I completely forgot that he directed PCU, which I actually really enjoyed growing up. Like I, like I, I don't yeah, remember, likewise. I don't think I saw it in theater, but I rented it several times. Like I remember doing that. Yeah. On multiple viewings. So I was like, Oh, that's really awesome. I didn't really realize that. Yeah. I don't think many people know that it's kind of that weird, unless you're like a heart Buckner aficionado of some right. be very strange, but yes, PCU is, PCU is like the most underrated comedy I think out there. Yeah. Favreau's come a long ways. <laughs> yeah, really? Well, the thing, yeah, it, it's interesting. You talk about the, the heart interview because we had planned to have him in the studio mm-hmm. because we do most of our, most of our interviews are in studio and uh, you know, obviously COVID hit and changed everything, right. but he's kind of a recluse when it comes to doing stuff like this. So uh, we've Dustin and I've been both very fortunate to know people and have connections um, yeah. where it's, it, it, it's not like, Oh, who the heck are these guys? And sometimes it is. But uh, most of the time it's like, oh, we, we kind of know this person. So that the, the conversation ends up being a lot more casual mm-hmm. um, than, you know, than formal. Right. And that's been our whole kind of, pro- uh, that's our whole, that's kind of like our whole attitude anyways going yeah. into this. It's like, let's just have fun and talk about what we love and see what comes about it. So, you know, right. rest is history. Beautiful segue. 
Thanks. There you go. Beautiful segue into Bill and Ted Face the Music, our our movie that we're going to talk about this week. We're Oof. doing just the one. Um, well, I mean, obviously, we'll, we will talk about others as we just, you know, other great 80s movies or movies that actors and or actresses have been in um, as we talk about this movie. So this is the third in the franchise. Patrick, you want to give a summary-ish? <laughs> um, well... Not really. Uh, <laughs> if you don't, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. I'm no. not. Gonna, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No, I was kind of thinking about it. Um, basically, it's current times, 2020, and Bill and Ted still haven't come up with the song to unite the world. Uh, but this time, it seems reality is in is at stake, which is why they gotta, you know, get to it. Otherwise, yeah. reality as as they know it, reality as they know it, will cease to exist. <laughs> Pretty much, and uh, they basically embark on having to to uh, go back and try and fix it, and um, with the help of some of their kids, more or less. It's yeah. it's them as parents, and the princesses as the moms, and now their kids are pretty much their kids. Theo or Thea, you know, Thea. named after you know Theodore Logan. Um, and then Billy, Bill S. Preston. But it's funny because they're Billy is Ted's kids and Thea is Bill's kids. So they named it after the others, which yeah. is it's funny. Funny in of itself. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I can honestly say I think this is the first movie in which I was like, wow, Keanu actually looks his age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. talking about the one actor that doesn't age at all. And the beard, was like, the beard wow, was necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, he actually looks like he's actually aged at this point. Did somebody find his kryptonite? Like, what happened? They shaved him. <laughs> That's shaved. what happened. Yep. John, we got shaved, exactly. John, we got to shave. That's why I don't what, shave. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you compare that to like Ralph Macchio and Cobra Kai, who looks, right. you know, 35. Right. And you're right. Like, yeah, Keanu. Uh, yeah, I agree. Keanu doesn't doesn't look doesn't look so spring chickeny anymore. In the, but yeah, and that one, I mean, maybe he'll go back. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just good makeup. Who knows? <laughs> maybe he still, maybe he still yeah. looks, you know, young. Maybe he still looks like 1989. Ted, who knows? Um, I didn't even bring my friends. Oh, well. I was gonna uh, I was gonna say too that he didn't look uh, he didn't look he didn't look too happy. I think uh, Dustin and I both kind of talked about that and yeah. Like he did, he didn't. He seemed to be very un. Like I said, count how many times he smiles through this thing because yeah. I didn't see him smiling like once and, and legit in first scenes when he should have been smiling. And I right. thought, did something happen? Um, I, I will. I will say this though. I wanted to introduce myself uh, on the show as my name is Dennis Caleb. McCoy, because I think that guy who played the robot was hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, played yeah. by Anthony yeah. Curranton, who I know from watching Gotham. He played Victor Zaz. Oh, shit. oh yeah. So I only know that because I follow him on Instagram and he posted videos of them putting the prosthetics on. Interesting. That guy's so good. Otherwise, yeah, because you would not recognize him or, you know, his mm -hmm. voice. Really. No. Um, He's the best or, part of Barry, in my opinion, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, he was. Um, I had it written down. But yeah, he was. So I've got you know silly trivia. Um, so he was also in 
the TV version of the show Parenthood. Which, yes. Which yeah. Keanu Reeves was also in the movie yeah. Parenthood. Yeah. Um, Aaron nice. Haynes, who played uh, one of the, who was one of the, one of the princesses, was played Raquel in the TV version of Parenthood also. So two people that played in the TV version of Parenthood acted with the person that was in the movie version of Parenthood. Interesting. That's cool. So and then go. it's it's cool. an it's an NBC show and Beck Bennett uh, yes. was on SNL. Yes, and he plays Deacon in the movie, <laughs> so, which I thought was a treat. I was Stretch. like, I was like, I was like, hey, that's a. Uh, I was like, all right, I like that. I like this choice. Yeah, for Deacon. That's that's. I like that they put him. Yeah, in it was cool. Movie. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, I'd see it. And then, um, so yeah, so it's directed by uh, Dean Parasot, if I got that right. He directed uh, Red Tomb and Galaxy Quest. Those are like the big Galaxy ones. That, Quest. That, that, so Galaxy like, Quest is Yeah, when everybody goes, oh, Galaxy Quest. Okay, so he can <laughs> direct and direct a comedy. Um, <laughs> this, okay, so for me, I didn't hate this movie. Um I didn't love it, but I enjoy. I mean, it was entertaining. I'll, you know, it's one of those yeah. where you just were like, okay, this is just entertaining. Some bits of a nostalgia. They'll put some stuff in homages to the previous two. I hadn't watched so Bogus Journey was never really my favorite. I know it's a lot of people's favorites for whatever reason because the stuff with like the death is funny. The robot Bill and Ted's, yeah. I did, you know, which I vaguely remember. I'm like, I, I, just, yeah. It's on Hulu also. And it's not even worth it. a rewatch, though. It's not like, yeah. no, you know, I'm, no, no, the first yeah. one meant something. The second one is like, Meh. we were just trying to get out a sequel to get more money. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so we watched, yep, totally. we did a family movie night with this movie at our house. And my son had seen the first one. Um, and he really likes the first one. He hasn't seen the second one. Um, but he really liked this one. My daughter hadn't seen the first one. She hadn't seen any of them. She was just like, okay, we're watching this movie. Yeah. And she's kind of, she's, she's yeah. definitely my movie buddy. So she'll go watch anything pretty much. Um, and so, uh, so she, she enjoyed it. She, I don't think she quite understood what was going on through a lot of it, but the parts that were funny, she laughed at. Um, it's entertaining, but it's missing something. You know, it's missing hearts, I think a little bit. I think it's missing a little bit of heart behind yeah. it. I don't know if they rushed through it. Well, they couldn't have because so it took 12 years to get this movie made. Um, right. Yeah. So even though, so the script had been ready since the late 2000s, early two, you know, late aughts, I guess. Is what, and then uh, because of technical issues and finding a distributor, it finally got greenlit in 2018 and then didn't get released until you know, a few weeks back. And you would think with all of that time, they could have, like, I'm not sure what, I don't know what could have been done better. Um, it yeah, seemed like it needed some punch-up work for sure. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think, I, I know that they hit, they did hit some money troubles and they only had 37 days to shoot this. So oh, wow. it's that's not a lot of time. And considering that it actually looks phenomenal. It doesn't look like, right. you know, but uh, I know the director was kind of approaching it almost like an indie movie where like, you got to have all these pieces in, in place. And, uh, and even though, as you said, like the script was done, it was still like, all right, well, we got to get this. And, 
it sounds like he called in a lot of favors from what yeah. I've from what I've read, you know, will you do this for free? Will you come on? And a lot of different parts, you know, the polite way of saying like, you know, we just got people from all different areas to, to jump on board, um, as a team, which is, which is very difficult. So, um, yeah, so I, I do think you can sort of see that and, and your, your point about it not having heart. I mean, and to what Zach said, it's like, you know, the original Bill and Ted, these guys were having the best time, Keanu yeah. and Alex. And this one, it just felt like we're just here to kind of get it done. Yeah. That's yeah. what it felt like to me. And I personally was much more engaged in the daughter's it's, story. I think most were, yeah. Yeah, than, than, than their uh, story. And I, I also th- thought that they were kind of very self-absorbed because they didn't even, you know, they didn't ask the daughters to come along and help or anything. It was just more about like, how can we sort of save our wives and how can we save our futures? And it's like, yeah. I don't get how these guys were even these characters to begin with, because, you know, putting aside the whole fact that when you get into time travel, it's incredibly tricky, right? right. Just right. to follow yeah. like, are we in past and present and alternate realities and this kind of thing? I mean, to me at the bottom line is if people saw the future and knew the future and knew that this song existed, well, wouldn't they know that it came from the, you know, the, the girl, like, wouldn't they know that right. this happened? This, this shouldn't yeah. be like, dire countdown movie that's see so i i was worried about that too um you know after watching i'm like i had a lot of thoughts as far as like you know the time i'm like you know what bill and ted is like the one movie where they really just didn't care about trying to explain the whole time travel and like the whole butterfly effect thing and things changing and stuff like that that it was just a means of transportation more or less to get from one scene to another to pick up characters to go back and get this one simple plot done. But yeah, with this movie, it doesn't seem like it really focuses too much on the repercussions of time travel, other than how it affects the two of them. Like, Oh, we got to go back and fix this too. And then more or less being pissed off of their future or past, you know, their future selves actually. Yeah. Yeah. So you're left with, you're, at least I feel that you're left with the only, you really don't root for them. You like, like I said, Dustin, you root for the kids <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. who you're, yeah. I guess, protagonists are really. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's probably how you would fix it. Maybe f- have it, have it where it focuses on the daughters more so than Bill and Ted kind of put them in the back a little bit as make them co-stars for their own movie in a way. And then just focus more on the, the daughters. Yeah. Cause I mean, it was kind of, in a way it was predictable. Like looking back at it, they kind of threw hints at the beginning of the movie that shows you who was actually the ones behind the, the, the music that unites the world. Yeah, because uh, because you kind of see the daughter's knowledge of music compared to their dad's. You know, they never really knew how to play. Like even from the first movie, they said, you know, in order right. to make it, we got to learn how to play these these instruments. Right. <laughs> Let's make the best music yeah. video, but then yeah. we need this guitarist. Well, to do that, we got to have the have this. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they kind of maybe made the daughters a little more the focus, a little more than Bill and Ted, or or had them both, had them both work, had them work together. That would have maybe helped it a lot. <laughs> well, and the no. fact their kids are both smarter too, yeah, they, at their yeah. age than Bill and Ted were, because they they actually knew musicians and their what they meant to music history more or less, you know, and their importance of it. Whereas Bill and Ted are like these guys, you know, who are these people? And then, you know, butchering Beethoven's name, I kept calling him Beethoven and stuff like that. Socrates. Then, yeah, Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, it's, 
it's a uh, whereas the daughters you know knew louis armstrong and knew all these other people and you know actually had a knowledge of music which is more than what bill and ted had yeah music you know, was their strength <laughs> yeah yeah, and I will say too, like I, I really, I actually, I like their storyline so much more because yeah, it, there was so much creates so much more creativity going on on their storyline versus Bill and Ted was just a rehash of like, oh, let's let's have an, uh, a fight with our future selves in this scenario in this scenario. But I think too that his, their daughters, the actors that played the daughters, they look so happy to be like in yeah. the movie. Yeah. You know, they looked excited. <laughs> they were having fun. They were having fun. Yeah. So I yeah, do which people we've watched we've watched these movies growing up. Now we get to play them, essentially, you know. Totally, um, totally. You know, the one who plays uh Billy, I think her name's like Bridget. Bridget One D Payne. Yeah, she's on a show called Atypical, mm-hmm. which I think is phenomenal. Um, like such a great show. And and so I'm like, Oh yeah, I know who she is, you know, blah blah blah. But uh but like you were saying about the little homages to the old one and like even the Orion logo in the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah. So cool. Just seeing that old spiral, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, can we watch RoboCop now? I know that's exactly. That was my first thought too. I'm like, Oh, I miss RoboCop now. <laughs> that's, that's, funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. Cause that's exactly what I thought too. It's like, Oh, Marge. yeah. And the fact, the fact that they brought back, uh, they brought back uh, the, the stepmom, you know, yeah. and, yeah, and that's the dad, her journey. Like that, yeah, her journey. <laughs> that that oh yeah, that bit there it's at the great. beginning was is definitely. I, I was like, oh god, I was like, my head hurts trying to follow this logic right now. Because <laughs> she was yeah. a babysitter. They yeah. asked to prom. Then she yeah. married Bill's dad. Then married Ted's dad. Then married his brother. It's like yeah. at least she kept it kind of in the family in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's really oh. funny. That was funny. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> one, of the, one of the funnier moments I think oh, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bridget Wendy Payne played uh, Billy. She was also in Bombshell, Downsizing, and oh, uh, yeah. Glass Castle. Um, the then Thea was played by Samara Weaving, who um, who played Thea. Um, Patrick, you would, you and I would recognize her from Ready or Not, which we covered. Yeah. Because um, I always think I call her uh, Margot Robbie's twin because I always think she looks like Margot Robbie. Totally. That's like Margot Robbie. No. I looked it up. I go, oh, yeah, it's the yeah. one that looks from Ready or Not. Uh, she was also in Three Billboards. Call. <laughs> she was also from uh, Three Billboards outside Ebbie, Missouri. Uh, Patrick, she was in the movie you covered last week, Guns Akimbo. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I guess the one she'll be covering probably next week, the Babysitter movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's so she got the role. Wait, what's the babysitter movie? What? So it's on Netflix. There's the babysitter, and then what's the new one? The, the babysitter killer queen. Killer queen. Oh. Both on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically, you you would like it. It's oh yeah, it's good. The first, I, I'm not gonna say much more, but basically, by yeah, the day, hold it for next week, bro. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll have to listen. Yeah. There you go. Um. So uh, Samira Weaving is. So she got the role, I mean, other than she's actually a pretty decent actress. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, she, so she's the niece of Hugo Weaving, who played, Miss, who played, uh, who was in The Matrix. Oh, the Smith. Keanu, yeah. And uh, nice. in Lord of the Rings also. So That's cool. So Keanu found out that she was yeah. his niece and put her in the movie. I mean, she would have probably got it either way because she's a good actress. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 
yeah, yeah um, and they, they, both, they both look like they could be the daughters of the two of them you know oh, yeah, totally, totally. I can see it. True. um totally. so of course william sadler replays reprised his role as a uh, death which he's great i mean i love him i mean yeah. it's uh colonel stewart so you know from yeah the, I heard so awesome Carter, so and Josh, Shank, The Mist. I mean, he's his credits are amazing. He's got he's been in for a good minute, um, and I've always enjoyed him. Yeah, I've always enjoyed him as as uh, as the bad guy because he just plays a great villain. And um, the fact that you know, he, then he gets to play something goofy like playing Death in Bogus Journey and in this one is just I really I really enjoyed his. And then yes, like we talked about earlier, uh, Beck Bennett plays Deacon. Um, Kristen Shaw from um, basically all kinds of animation. I absolutely love yeah. her. Um, I've wa- I've listened to her more than I've you know on other comedy podcasts and stuff. She's been on guests and stuff. And I absolutely love her. Um, she was in Toy Story Four. She voices Mabel in Gravity Falls. She plays Rufus's daughter. And uh, who's the one that comes back to tell no, Bill and Ted yeah, that they need Rufus. to come and go uh, say, you know, the reality's in danger. You got to go <laughs> fix it. So it turns out, so her character, Kelly, was actually named after George Carlin's real life daughter, Kelly. Oh. So that's actually oh, that's cool. That's so really talk about cool. a nice, awesome homage to George Carlin, other than, you know, his hologram uh, cameo from the first film, you know, that made its appearance in here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really That's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was really awesome too. Um, so, um, so some more pieces of trivia about the film. So Weezer released beginning of the end, the wild stallions had edited as the first single from the soundtrack. Weezer's first gig was closing for, was the, was a closing act for a band called dog star in 1992. For anybody that knows, Keanu Reeves was Keanu in the band Dog Star wow. during that time period. So, yep. full circle. It's all live. Oh, did you? That's all. I actually have a couple yeah. of tracks. I think I downloaded a couple of tracks from Napster, if that kind of dates it. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, totally. That's, that's before I got kicked off. Thanks, Metallica. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Lars. I still hold a grudge up there. Um, so and also the princesses have never or the princesses have been played by different actresses in each film. They have they're like the one set that they haven't had a recurring uh, yeah characters on. Um, it was filmed in and around New or- the New Orleans area. I read one uh, one snippet where I guess uh, uh, while they were going to set or something, and uh, what or when they were filming in one of the neighborhoods. Um, they were driving by and Keanu saw a sign that says, I think it's something like you are beautiful or you are amazing. He got out of the car, autographed it and then got back in and then they drove off. Um, they came back later. I guess he actually met the family and got pictures taken with them and everything. So I thought that was, well, that's cool. You know, Cause that's, you know, the kind of guy he is. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, let's see here. So Thea wears a shirt similar to the one Ted wore at the end of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So, and then um, I think that's about it. Yeah, Aaron Hayes uh, played Raquel on Parenthood, and so did uh, Anthony Carrington. So that's the useless trivia I have, or useful or useless, whichever, um, <laughs> that I have about this film. So 
yeah, I don't, my kids liked it. So I'm cool with that. Um, I, again, I didn't hate it. I was entertained. It's not one I'm going to be like yeah. rushing to rewatch again and again and again. I'll probably rewatch it again at some point, but I'm not going to be in a rush to go watch it, I guess. I mean, it was $20 on iTunes, 25, you know, 20 to rent, 25 to buy. I'm like, you know, it's just $5 more. I might as well just go yeah. ahead and buy it and yeah. feel like it great. If not, <clears throat> yeah. So. I ended up getting a bundle that had all three. I was like, Oh, nice. Oh, cause I, I said, if I was going to get the movie, I want to get all three. Yeah. And so since it's not out physically, I just went in and went digital and I hadn't seen the first two in forever. So I went back and watched the original two. Oh, you did it. Nice. Yeah, realizing that nice. I had, I didn't remember much at all from the first two. Cause I mostly watched them when they showed them on TV. So that's how I watched it. Um, but it was good going back. So I feel like if I didn't watch the first two watching this one, I might not have liked it as much as I did. I mean, I, I did like this movie, um, but of course, Bill and Ted, I guess if you rank it, it would be one, three, then two yeah. for me. But um, it, it, <laughs> it, it, but it did feel like the third one did kind of cap it off nice, even though it could have been, you know, had a bit different structures, how they handled the story. Yeah. But um, it, it was cool going back, watching all three, because I, I watched one each day and, um, and I, just overall, just watching them back to back. Um, I wasn't disappointed too much. Uh, I felt like yeah, it was just weird. It was still weird seeing Keanu and Alex Winter reprising these roles, being older and still trying to present that same character that they did so many years ago. But I think they did okay, even though it felt like some of it was. Yeah, we're just trying to get through this. It's right, they haven't crazy. evolved. They haven't evolved at all in twenty nine yeah. years, and you're yeah. just okay. They're just cartoons. Yeah. Maybe that was the point. It's just to show that they, they just won't change. They're, they're Bill and Ted's going to be Bill and Ted no matter no. what. And then luckily their their kids are the one that did what was needed. <laughs> I think there's some moments in this one, yeah, that definitely save it from being, yeah. you know, I, 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 I feel like there is enough in it where I, I was, I'm glad I watched it because it mm-hmm. brought back a lot of feels of nostalgia. Right. Um, yeah. I think Alex Winter actually. I, I think there were times when I'm watching him and I'm like, I think he's working his ass off in this scene right now, and then Keanu's giving him nothing. That's yeah. kind of how I felt. Keanu's yeah. thinking about yeah. making but, uh, four. <laughs> in the Matrix. Yeah, four. I know, or five or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But and and then I think the charm of the first one was obviously having like. Um, a real solid soundtrack throughout the entire movie. And, and this movie lacks obviously for budget reasons or whatever licensing, they couldn't do that. Uh, I, but I really love the, the, um, the cameos of, uh, you know, historical music figures, right. Really badass. I thought that was, and that they dug deeper than just like, they dug like really deep, (laughs) which was at first I'm like, really, is this this is a really cool like flute player okay. yeah uh but whatever no i, I appreciated like, right. that though diversity we're all for that <laughs> no and yeah it was all good was like, like it was like it's cool I'm like, all right I'm like, yeah and sure. and i think the guys that played the characters um were really good like oh, the guy yeah. that played the yeah. play, guy that plays louis armstrong oh yeah like yeah had 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 I the mean, gruff everything the gruff voice man, and everything. down yeah 
Yeah, mannerisms. great. I'm like, all right, I see you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like it had enough going on. Like, I, I, I don't. Would I watch it again? I don't. I, probably not. But would I want to? Did it make me want to rewatch the first one? Hell yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because it's like I did. I did do that. Watch a better one? Then yes. Yeah, like Patrick, right? Yeah, I did, I did go back and watch the first one. I did do that. Uh, but one thing I noticed about all the movies, well, the first one and this one, everyone they went back in time and got, they were so accepting of time travel. Like, oh, yeah, this is cool. We can do that. Um, yeah. And yeah. Louis Armstrong sure. was looking at the phone. was like, oh, all right. Yeah. He was more impressed with the music than he was. He's holding a device where he could watch. I was like, well, they're very accepting of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and that's um, kind of like I said, it, it, it's – the movie doesn't really care too much about the actual time. It's a vehicle of, yeah. of, of it and not, and not part of a key part of, of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't say I was disappointed because for me it, it was, I didn't have a whole lot. Of, I didn't have high expectations. Like even when it got announced that it was getting made, I'm like, yeah. all right. I don't know why, but you know, cause that was because for me, I was like, did we really need a third one? You know, 30 something years later? I'm like, no. But, but no, but no. all right, if you're going to make it, I'm probably going to watch it. So, yeah. all right, I guess that's kind of what you were wanting in the first place. A <laughs> pandemic is probably the perfect time for a movie like this, really, because really? In, people are starved for anything. That's probably what pushed it, pushed it. Well, I guess it was made before this, but so it kind of worked out that yeah. is going on so yeah kind of work in his favor a little bit yeah because i almost wonder like if if the pandemic if we hadn't been you know if theaters hadn't been closed down would have done better in theaters or would have completely bombed because i'm kind of curious about that i think it would have bombed yeah i think I so think too. It bombed. yeah i would have good decent the first week and after that it would have fell off more than likely yeah the nostalgia would have brought people in but yeah, yeah. and then yeah. yeah people that grew up you know they're gonna be like I'm gonna take my kids, or I'm, or maybe I'll just go see it by myself. I haven't, I haven't decided. We'll yeah. see. What? But you know, it would. But at the same time, I could see this being a good drive-in movie. Like I could see families yeah. going to see this with something else. Yeah. True. Spending True. time and just hanging out, you know, and doing whatever outside. I could see that being this being one of those kind of popular movies that would work out there. Um, but yeah, as far like I mean, again, like our family was entertained. It was. Fine, but it wasn't like, and it's not like a, it's not one I'm going to put on my best of list, but it's also not one I'm going to put on my worst of list either. So I'm saving Honorable that. Honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, it's it's funny because, because uh, Dustin and I, Dustin and I just, uh, just for our next episode coming up, it's, it's this 89 movie called The Experts with John Travolta yeah. and Ari Gross, who is going to be a guest on our show. And, um, that movie is definitely flawed as well, but I was watching this going, man, because we had just watched the experts like the night before. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, man, I, I, I want to watch the experts again based at, instead of this. And then he texts me today. He's like, I make, this made me want to watch the experts again instead of this. And I said, okay, yeah, no, we were on the same wavelength. Um, but I will say that this was definitely better than part two. Mm-hmm. And cause I feel like, like you guys were like we've all said uh, at some point like part two was just a money grab uh and then this one felt like okay let's let's go back down this road it's kind of reminds me because i'm a big wrestling fan it reminds mm-hmm. me of bringing out you know a wrestler one more time for one big match 
You know, we'll bring Kurt Angle one out one more time. Yeah. And he can't move like he used to. He's got a you know metal neck and he can't, you know, do all the spectacular moves. I hope he doesn't die. But right. it was nice to see him one more time. It was like it was nice to see this one more time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go easy on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. go easy on him because we don't want to actually hurt him. Just give him yeah. a roll up. Give him a roll yeah, right. up. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that Kid Cuddy is amazing in this movie. And totally. I love that he has yeah. to be a quantum physicist. Is you know that's just genius. So guys, um, this is going to be this is going to be a hard question to answer, and which is why I'm going to ask it. <laughs> is there an '80s soundtrack that you guys like have had like every? I guess you could say format. Like you've bought it on every type of format possible because you like it that much, and you want to just see how they've remastered or redone it. Oh, that's like every soundtrack Zach owns. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much, I pretty much. So I've got, I, I was going to say, I, got, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I pretty much own every format of the soundtracks that I love and um, the, or the ones that are available, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, I, I would say my number one, soundtrack of the 80s that that i would well that's tricky uh, one of my number ones is the there last voice okay yeah solid that's that's a good one uh yeah i think for me it's it's vision quest oh okay um i'll have to look at that one i don't think i've listened to that one. Oh, it's so good it's so good. oh man you're in for a treat if you I know right like music <laughs> yeah I know, right? No, it's it's you know it's one of those uh, uh, inspirational you know just like sports you know Vision Quest Matthew Modine being a, a wrestler in high school like on a on an actual you know Vision Quest to to be the to be the champion and so it's just like that's what I played all throughout uh, high school to kind of motivate it's it's you know it's very motivational a la you know Rocky or, or anything else like right. that um, whoops but. Uh, um yeah it's got some madonna it's got some uh well i'll just let you guys discover it here we if- go we'll figure it out um for me i always had so my very first cassette as a kid my dad bought me a boombox, and then with it was the top gun soundtrack because it was that i mean it was 87 so that's what i got it just came with the boombox. it was that it was More that. Or less, it was yes yeah, it, it was that popular yeah exactly <laughs> um <laughs> so that was my two so i wore that out because um but I had it on cassette. I bought it on CD. I bought it on the, when they did the extended tracks. So they added more Harold Faltemeyer, more or less. And then a couple other tracks, like sitting oh, on the dock of the so bay good. and a couple others. And then, um, and then when it went digital, I also, cause heaven forbid, I just take the CD and just move it over. But I don't know, I guess I wanted to keep the trend of just double, yeah, triple right. dipping, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Footloose is probably my two. <laughs> Cause I've oh. got, cause I actually have Footloose on LP, cassette, CD, or extended CD. Um, they had a couple more tracks on that one too. Some more Kenny Longins that you know couldn't get enough of, and then, um, and then also digital. So those are my big two. I know around here somewhere I actually had the Karate Kid soundtrack on cassette. It's lying around here somewhere, but um, 
Yeah, we. Uh, it, it's it's. I I would say that that soundtrack is not as um, not as good as it should be. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like there's a couple tracks on there where you're like, I don't need Bop on the Beach. No yeah. Offense. Uh, but I, I was I was just gonna throw in one more like the obscure mm-hmm. one. Uh, there's an '80s movie called The Wraith with Charlie Sheen, and I own the cassette, the CD, and the vinyl version of that. That's pretty hard to come by, but it's got some great. It's got like um, Stan Bush. It's got Ozzy Osbourne, mm-hmm. um, and it's got some unknown artists on there that you listen to, and you're like, "Oh, that's a song I want to listen to on repeat while I'm working out, while I'm driving, not at the same time." <laughs> right, right. I mean, <laughs> you can do the hand grip things in the car. I mean, it's form of working out. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Shake weight. Yep, there you go. <laughs> um, I was, so I listened to, um, there's a soundtrack, um, or not soundtrack, there's this podcast called Soundtracking. It's uh, it's out of Britain. It's uh, from, it's uh, Edith Bowman, who's also a, a radio personality. She used to be on, I guess she still is on BBC Radio 1. I used to listen to her on XM when I, hmm. back when I had it. Um, but she has a podcast called Soundtracking where she talks to composers and actors and directors and about um, the music in their whatever project TV or film. And she was actually interviewing Kevin Smith about Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And they kind of just, well, they started with reboot, but they also talked about just soundtracks throughout his movies, you know, throughout the movies he's made. And they got the cop out, which of course, I mean, I mainly just went ahead and rolled my eyes as well. And um, they said that he could get, it was his biggest budget movie he's ever made, you know, and that he uh, they told him he could get anybody he wanted and, um, you know, to compose the, the score for it. And he wanted Harold Faltermeyer. He's, they're like, who? Like Harold Faltermeyer. It's like, he's like, I'm sure he's still out making stuff. And because he was a huge fan of wow. Fletch. So he wanted to. Yeah. Did that. So they actually got, they called him up and said, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't heard Harold, Harold Faltermeyer. That's awesome. In years. Love Harold. So, yeah. um, cause he did Top Gun Anthem. He did Axelef, Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. He did Fletch, you know, all, the Fletch theme and all. I was like, oh my God, I want to watch Fletch now. And then I was like, I've yeah, always totally. won. And so I just happened to check iTunes and they finally have put the Fletch soundtrack up. I have not been able to find the Fletch soundtrack ever. Like I have yes. never been able to find it on cassette. Could never find it on yeah. CD. I would watch the credits straight through, you know, and now, you know, bit by bit running on the cover. Yep. 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 That one. And, uh, what was the other one? It was, uh, get out of town. <laughs> I was like, yep, that was the other one. So was that the other oh, one? So they, uh, so they finally got, so they finally released. So I was just like listening to that. And then I just did a search for Harold Faltermeyer. I, I downloaded like the Blade Run, or not Blade uh, Running Man. Right. It's score for Running Man yeah, also. Yeah. And then he had like his Great own soundtrack. album with different songs. Oh yeah. I was just like, so I've been kind of going on like a flashback of Harold Faltermeyer music. I was like, I miss this stuff. I was like. I'm well spent. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still around. So like. We're going to have him on the show, probably, I imagine. Uh, just because. I, I hope. 
I, I think you should. I, I think that would be an amazing recommendation. So, but, um, but, yeah, <laughs> it, it, um, but yeah, that's kind of one of those, and that was a great episode because they just started talking about, talking about him and then talking about his different music too. And then went on and talked about other people, but I'm like, well, now I'm downloading everything. However, Harold Faltermeyer did, because there's a lot of stuff I missed and no forgot about. Um, so is there, so for like Patrick and I, we have, we have kind of, I don't want to say favorite genres. We have genres we all watch that the other will not or enjoys more. Like Patrick enjoys horror movies way more than I do. Um, I like thriller-based horror movies, not like slasher and stuff like that. Um, I'll watch a Michael Myers and a Freddy and all that, but I didn't watch any of those 80s versions. I didn't watch any of those until I was easily in my 20s. Just because as a kid, I knew I'd be scared. Um, growing up, one of my best friends, I've talked about this before, he loved watch, you know, because, you know, he, him and his dad, I don't know, they would, you know, the, they would uh, illegally rec uh, record movies, you know, from the video store. And so they had this huge movie collection. And, and so I go spend the night and he's like, he's like, all right, what do you want to watch? I'm like, I don't care. Just nothing scary. So what's he put in? Aliens. I'm like, Bro, it's not scary. I'm like, okay. No, it's not even alien, but aliens. I'm like, you didn't sleep for a couple of weeks, and then you're, I, I yeah. just like, I'm not coming over here ever again. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, staying, we're staying in my house next time. But, uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, so I didn't know. And for me, like, I like watching a lot of indie movies, and Patrick doesn't mind them, but I think. I think we both agree. Oh, and the romantic comedies. I think, I think I prefer those more than he does most of the time. I mean, I'll watch them. It just depends on I situational. Mean, no, I mean, I watch them. I've watched a lot. Like I've got there's something about Mary. I've watched that. Yeah, you know, I, I watch. I pretty much watch anything, okay. even if it's bad. Okay, that's true. Because then we get to riff on it later. Yeah. Um. Do you do you guys have like a favorite <laughs> or genre that you like, or one that you prefer maybe not to watch, <laughs> like? Like, you know what? I'm not really a fan of this kind. I, I mean, I would say that Zach well, is certainly much more well-versed on the, on the cult horror stuff uh, than I am. Not yeah. that I'm opposed to it. It's just kind of uh, the nature of the beast. I mean, as far as things that, um, you know, we like, it's, yeah, anything from 81 to through 89 is like the sweet spot mm -hmm. uh, for me. And especially those ones that are just, so terrible you know that you like there's just movies that i feel like are so bad but because they were on like hbo all the time i watched them all the time and i can still like if they would come on i would watch it even though it's like a horrible movie um you know regardless of regardless of of genre but i feel right. like more like those big budget um 80s comedies right okay I watched Rad when uh, like on repeat as a kid. Yeah, point, like even yeah, uh, popped up on my memories yesterday. Um, I think it was eighties tees had a Rad racing shirt, and I bought one. So I have, I mean, done unfortunately that shit right now, but I have, but I have my, you know, I have a Rad racing shirt. I can't, you can't find it anywhere. Um, you have to like find yeah. a bootleg copy. Some dude has back of a truck. Yeah, different in a different time machine. <laughs> Find it. <laughs> but I remember we used to rent it all the time. 
to the point that I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait till I go to a high school dance. I'm going to bring my BMX bike with me. And maybe I could do, you know, send me, <laughs> and have some girl ride her bike, you know, would send me to an, you know, send me an angel <laughs> playing. I was just like, yeah, oh nice. God, this is so amazing. And then realizing much, much, much later. No. <laughs> but that's like that cheesiness. I, just I, I, I would say, up. yeah, that's, I think that's one of the reasons uh, why Dustin and I clicked initially was our love of like things that are not necessarily uh popular per se mm-hmm. you know across the board like yeah he's right my my tendencies skew pretty dark like i love exploitation horror mm-hmm. uh you know my favorite movie is the warriors so that kind of gives oh, you yeah. a sense of where i go but but i mean but it runs the gamut like i'd say the only genre that i probably toe dip in is that romantic comedy i'm just more like yeah i'm gonna pass you know right. but give me Give me a slasher uh, or or like exploitation vigilante movie any day, you know. Give me tough turf over pretty in pink any day, yeah. <laughs> and both have dances. Yeah. Uh, both have great music scores and both have great casts, but tough turf is definitely a lot edgier than pretty in pink. So there you go. That's true. There you go. The only thing edgy in pretty in pink is <laughs> James Spader, and that's and that's kind of even like well, a and they both stretch. have. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one has James Spader as a villain and one has James Spader as a hero. And uh, you know, there you go. There you go. Speaking of which, you guys just did a pocket you're one of your kind of plug one of your recent episodes where you had the top five bullies of the eighties. So I really enjoyed that one. Um what's in that you. one actually the other day. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really good. I I was like, yeah, no, I, I like, I wouldn't disagree with anything you guys. I was like, no, these are all valid arguments. I and then I was trying to think of other ones. I'm like, no, high school bullies. No, I can't really think like just regular bullies. I mean, <laughs> if you want to stretch it out to like the police academy movies, I guess you know Mauser maybe, but that's totally. about it. Yeah. But as far as like high school ones, no, I think you guys know. So, well, thank you. I I, I will say to I will say too that. Um, to, to, to go off what Patrick said earlier with something about Mary, you know, the reason why we did the, the bully episode was like a, a pre-episode for Richard Tyson, who mm-hmm. was the bully in three o'clock high, but he's also in something about Mary, which we didn't get a chance to talk to him yeah. uh, about yet. We'll probably follow up with a future interview with him in person. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he was a, he's got a great role in something about Mary and uh, you know, I actually listened to that one. So uh, my buddy of mine that I was telling you about that lives up in Portland area, his daughter came down, came back down for a wedding and had asked if I could take her to the airport. So I had to drive like an hour out and then back um, and take her to the airport. And then you're a good friend. Yes. Um, She is referred to as my other daughter. So (laughs) it's like, I'm the other dad. I'm like, basically it's my two dads and I'm the other dad. Um, Anyways. Um, are you Paul Reiser or Greg Evigan in this in this scenario? <laughs> probably Greg Evigan because I think I got better hair. I mean, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have hair, so I'll probably be so less neurotic, though. Less, I mean, emotionally less neurotic. Yeah. Probably, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. We're probably a tie on that one, um, <laughs> but it would be awesome. Well, because his daughter's a dancer, was in the Step Up movies, and my daughter's a dancer, so definitely Greg Evigan. So. There you, there you go. go. There you go. Nice. And that's how we're going to tie that nice. one together. So his daughter. Wow, that's impressive. 
Yeah, his daughter Brianna Evigan was in Step Up to the Streets and Step Up All In. So yeah, yay! My Step Up knowledge comes and works. Wow. <laughs> it works for the good. Um, <laughs> but no, um, Patrick. Patrick. Patrick's just like, yep. <laughs> yep. Sure does. I've only watched the first one from that. So yeah, he needs to get, I'm, I'm trying to get him to watch. <laughs> You know, true. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like the first one. I like the first one, but that, that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> um, well said. Be sure Trish doesn't hear that. <laughs> I know um, it was a big thing. On the, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, while I was driving out there to go pick her up, I was listening to the uh, to the Tyson interview and just him. Like, I'm trying not to laugh. Well, I mean, I can laugh, but because I think my daughter was watching Trolls World Tour in the van, and my son had his headphones on, so he was. Lord knows what he was listening and watching. Um, but, uh, but I was listening because I had my earbuds in, or at least one. And then um, I was listening to it and just listening to him talk about how just how he had $100 coming from Mobile, Alabama, all the way up to L.A. and then breaking into studios saying he wants to start acting and he's only got this much money. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, to have that kind of – like, I can't even – begin to think of what it would be like to try and do that. You couldn't, you couldn't do it today. To think a hundred dollars would get you. No. Oh, even in the eighties, a hundred dollars, you know, could like, you know, to try and last you longer than a couple of days. And you know, the thing about that interview too, uh, because unfortunately, you know, timing wise, we had to, we had to make it a little tight Mm -hmm. uh, and, and cuts and also edit some things so that it flowed properly. But he, it took him, it took him five years. I'm being really generous about this. Uh, it took him five years to go, to get to where, to finally get to three o'clock high. Like he yeah. came out to LA in 82 and it wasn't until 87. So he actually went back home for a bit, got his master's degree, turned around and came back to LA. But that's in the podcast, was- Zach. We didn't cut that part out. We didn't cut that out. That's true. We didn't. That's all in yeah, there. That's true. That's all in there. For the people that haven't, for the people who haven't, forty-five minutes of uh, getting to the, you know, the, the point. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's like talking. Yeah, to me. that's true. That's true. yeah, like yeah. We, uh, you know, I. Well, no, I, I think you know, I think Richard also, uh, he, he's he's really excited to tell this tale because it is it's pretty inspirational. Like yeah. the fact that he. I think it's actually very inspirational. You know, he had a dream and he, he, he made it happen. Um, but it, it's bonkers. It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. Yeah. Uh, no, I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm like, I'm so glad I was listening to this on this drive. And, um, cause, right cause I was telling my I'm wife, you enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Cause I was, I was telling my wife about it. I'm like, I was like, dude, so I'm listening to this interview about, you know, from, for the guy, you know, for the guys that we're going to talk to here um, next week. And I said, you know, the dude, the villain from kindergarten cop, she was like, yeah, I go. So they're talking to him. And then I said, you should, I said, let me tell you about how he got into this <laughs> and then started talking to her about it. So I love that. that was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to wrap it up real quick. Um, but first I'm going to have one question, one last question for you guys that we try and, this is kind of more of an abbreviated one. We usually ask our guests. Um, can you name a movie that had like a profound impact on you as a kid? Just, I mean, you, know, you can pick any, I'm sure there's probably many, but there's if like one that kind of comes to mind. Zach, would you like to 
jump, j- j- lead off? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it had profound impact on me as a kid. And then revisiting it recently, it, it, it uh, opened up a whole new world to me in some ways, but it was Cloak and Dagger from, uh, oh yeah, uh, you know, with, with Henry Thomas and Dabney Coleman. That movie, uh, Dabney Coleman's character, in that mm-hmm. film is my dad in, in, in many ways and actually looks a little bit like my dad. Well, not a little bit, a lot. Sure. And I didn't realize it at the time. And at the time I remembered it just resonated with me how much I, I identified with the, with the main character and watching it now as, a, as an adult, I almost cried because I was like, this was my childhood, you know, yeah. or the childhood I wanted in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, if I had to choose one, Cloak and Dagger would be the one. For oh, well, that's a good one. I actually had the two pack of that and the wizard. So <laughs> on DVD. Okay. Yeah. We watched the wizard as a family, but we haven't watched cloak and dagger yet, but it's, uh, cloak and it's, on, the it's it, on the it's, list. It's, you know what? It's really violent. It's more violent than I remembered it to be, Yeah, which is fine. Right. Uh, it's better than the wizard. I will say that. Oh yeah. <laughs> advisory. It's violent. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and for me, it's it's better off dead. Um, John Cusack and um, Diane Franklin, who, by the way, was one of the original princesses. Yeah, yep. has excellent adventure, and it kind of bothers me that they didn't ask the, the original princesses to be in this movie. Evidently, yep. time travel lengthens the age gap or something. I don't I don't know between your spouse because it's just it's kind of one of those like shady things where it's like oh missy's back and dad's back and like all these people are back but the princesses are younger yeah and you're just like guys come on we didn't have to do that and it's it it, it's it's not yeah so it's kind of icky um but anyway yeah she was a guest uh on our on our show as well and she's lovely um that has nothing to do with why i love the movie but um yeah better off that was the movie where i was like really um, kind of triggered. Um, it was the same sense of humor that I had. So I was like, wow, this is exactly kind of irreverent and, um, kind of out there. Awesome. Patrick, I don't think I've asked you that one. You got one? Uh, really, I'd have to, I'd really have to think about that one. Was it guns akimbo? It's probably guns akimbo. Awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have an answer either. That's why I like asking everybody else. Oh, yeah. everybody else is, oh. I don't know. Well, see, for me, um, <clears throat> I guess one of the reasons why I love Brad Patrol so much is because I relate a lot to Sean Heston's character. Like, both kind of – well, I mean, when I was a kid, I was kind of a little shit too, but I didn't get into kind of the trouble he did, but I also kind of, you know, try to be charming and, you know, and, and try and get my friends to do things, not – you know, prevent an arms deal from, you know, or, or weapons being stolen from an army, you know, from a military base. Also, shot at El Toro. Um, I do remember that. Uh, so my mom, that's when I found out, you know, my mom told me that that movie was filmed where I was born, but later find out also it got blown up in Independence Day. So there's mm. that. <laughs> yeah. My childhood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I just watched that a lot and just remember kind of being able to relate to that kind of kid. You know, these group of kids that are not, they're kind of, you know, abandoned. They're more, they're, I guess they try to bill them as like outcasts, but they're more just a group of nerds that, you know, yeah, that don't quite fit into the military structure of the 
army base in which they are, you know, where the parent, you know, their parents are stationed and they're having to grow up. So they're having to kind of form a bond and kind of be friends. And our, you know, our group of friends growing up were kind of like that. We just, we were the neighborhood friends and we just kind of did our own thing. And I mean, again, we didn't prevent, you know, a, a gun heist from a military base, but, you know, I still was able to relate. And um, oddly enough, you know, because I watched Back to the Future and Top Gun both so much growing up. And then later, you know, I watched Clue. Like, I still watch Clue. I watched it the other night. Um, That's hilarious. That was, oh, my hilarious. gosh. Yeah. It's, Love that movie. I always catch at least one thing. Um, one thing? Yes. Um, I catch at least one thing every time I watch that movie that I didn't cut, catch before. And that movie's 30 years old. And I yeah. still yeah. catch something. It's so well written. And just the cast could not have been any better, I don't think. Yeah. Yep. I'm really kind of scared about Ryan Reynolds trying to do a Clue movie, which yeah. is in the developmental stage. But I do like, I mean, I think he would be fine because he's very charming and very witty, but I don't really want it to be made <laughs> at the same time because I love the original so much. Yeah, um, it's perfect, the original. Why would you yeah, remake yeah. it? Don't touch it. Don't touch yeah, it. Certain things you don't need to. I, I was going to ask, uh, I want to know from Patrick what, is uh, a favorite horror film from the eighties. <laughs> I mean, pretty much the original Night on Elm Street. Okay. I mean, I watched that when I, w- I shouldn't have been, but and I got nightmares every time, but I still <laughs> watched it. <laughs> and then even though it wasn't necessarily a movie, uh, Michael Jackson's thriller, my oh. mom used to tell me, used to tell me about it. Um, Every time it came on, I'd want to watch it, but I'd jump behind the couch and be hiding. It's like, you want me to turn it? No, 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 don't turn it off. I still want to watch it, but I'd be behind the couch watching it. Terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah it is. Didn't, didn't a John Landis direct that? I believe so. Yeah. If yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, we got to get him on the show. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. That'd be cool. And Michael Jackson's right. ghost also. Yeah, Michael Jackson's ghost. Maybe you can get Paris on probably. Um yeah i so for me not really well it was me in the 70s so i guess it didn't quite fit but okay. uh will uh will wonka's chocolate factory yep again little shit growing up so yeah. loop is coming to come wheel me away singing their satanic chants nope not i mean today. the scene on the boat's pretty creepy yep all of it <laughs> uh, just the oompa loompas i still don't do oompa loompas today but i will yeah. say i will say uh that gene wilder rest in peace is like Mm -hmm. such a phenomenal actor and when you talk about remakes ryan reynolds doing the clue remake yeah when i know tim burton's film Mm -hmm. was closer to the actual book and uh by roald dahl but i i will say that's an instance where the movie is actually better than the book and and it's because of gene wilder's performance yeah um like his mannerisms he can do no wrong in my book. Um, yeah. So. No, no, it was hella creepy. That's why I don't watch it. Like, I still, like, my kids have not seen it. Because yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I'm like, yep. between that oh, really? and, uh, between, because I didn't, I didn't rewatch that. I don't remember how, for how many years, because I zero interest. Um, that, and then I watched the, uh, the It, like, when they did the TV movie of It. Oh, yeah. Oh, nope. Yeah. Not today. Or Tim Curry. I was like, yeah. I love Tim Burton. Tim Curry. Or, I mean, Tim, Tim Curry, Curry, but I love Tim Curry. And 
like I thought he was scarier in, in that playing the villain in that than he was as playing the villain in Legend. So I'm like, mm, no. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But that movie was weird, anyways. Which is why I've I, I will tell you too because because you got kids and we're coming, we're getting close to Halloween, uh, an '80s movie that you could show them, but it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Was uh, something wicked this way comes. So uh, the Ray Bradbury, I think it's on Disney Plus, but that oh, okay. movie's terrifying. Is it? Okay. okay. Oh, I should watch it before I show it to them. Yeah, you might want to, but uh, <laughs> especially your daughter. Yeah. Uh, she like she she's stuck. She'll be stuck on Hocus Pocus for another two months. So <laughs> she'll go from Hocus Pocus to to uh, Ron Howard's The Grinch, and then I'll just be like, "Can we find a different a new holiday movie to get stuck on?" So, um, but yeah, uh, trying to think. Oh, the witches! That one scared me too. Like Angela, uh, Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who's this? Like, even at, I think I saw that at like 13. Because I remember we'd moved back. So I know it was at least 13. And if not 14. Terrifying. Yeah. Watching it and going, who is this movie for? You know, because it's scary for kids. Who would want to watch? (laughs) (laughs) Made for one person. Um, But yeah. No. (laughs) Well, guys, I think we probably need to, it's about time to wrap it up. Right, Patrick? Yeah, I guess about that time. This is about the time. Okay. <laughs> we got to okay. come down and hang out in Nashville. I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, maybe not Broadway because they're kind of... Yeah, shut that down for a yeah, while. Shut that down. They're holding reopening on Monday, right? Tomorrow? Are they reopening some things? Bro, we'll come visit in about a year or so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or vice versa. Either or. Right. Either, <laughs> yeah, either or, we'll come. My wife wants to go back to... Or wants to go to LA again. I haven't... I was down in December for like two days for a, the my favorite podcast that I listened to, Comedy Film Nerds, was wrapping up. So they were doing a live, a live uh, recording of their last episode, and they were have oh, nice. their, you know some of their former guests on. And oh, that's commitment. So I was very lucky enough and blessed to basically uh, take a very short trip in which I, uh, you know, I was able to go down. I went to Griffith Observatory and then like I had an afternoon. So I went to Griffith Observatory, hung out for a little while. And then I went down, it's, it was at Dynasty Typewriter. So it was down. Uh, oh, cool. So love cool. that venue. It's smaller than what I was expecting, but, um, but went down there, hung out, met some great people, got to hang out with, you know, with the, with the host who I've already, I'd already met. We'd actually had one on, on our show beforehand and then um some of their people they had you know it's yes i got to kind of network with which was nice and then um cool yeah then i had to go back to the airport and fly back and then come back and take pick up my son and take him to his uh krav maga testing in real life yeah yes (laughs) yes all that fun stuff but it was good it was good times um again guys thank you for joining us go ahead and plug the pod one more time tell them where they can find you on the interwebs and whatnots. Thank you for having us, guys. It's been really fun. Um, yeah. yeah, it's $2 late fee, $2.8fee.com. And we're on all the socials that you can think of and probably ones that you can't think of. So, um, yeah, $2 late fees, $2 spelled out, two spelled out. 
Awesome. To TWO and really happy to be on the show. Yes. Um, what I'd like to do whenever this end, whenever, you know, things kind of get a little bit better when the new Top Gun sequel comes out, have you guys back so we could talk about it. Cause I was thinking about that. I'm like, Oh my God. Cause I've been wanting to watch it, but also not <laughs> wanting to watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, fear, like, fear, I want like, fearing my childhood, but at the same time watching the trailer going, Oh, I don't know. They were doing really cool things with the cameras. So <laughs> it's gonna at least look cool. The story will probably be crap. Yeah. It's going to look good. And I guarantee he's flying that airplane. Cause he's crazy. If, uh, if yeah. depending on how things go and uh, you know, who knows when it, if it comes out in December and, right. and, and we're allowed to go back in theaters and it feels safe or whatever, uh, the Cinerama Dome would be the place to oh, see yeah. it on Sunset Boulevard. So yeah. uh, we will definitely keep that in mind. I'm going to do the 4DX uh, for us because uh, my son and I went and saw the, the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So oh, the last great. Star Wars we saw in 4DX because I'd, I'd never been into 4DX. And neither had he, but he'd already seen the movie. And so I'm like, well, this will maybe he'll want to go see it again. Now that there's, you know, we could, I could throw this, you know, uh, William Castle gimmick at him and see what happens. And so he actually yeah. fell asleep. He actually fell asleep at one part. And I'm like, I don't know how you're falling asleep during this yeah. two hour ride, but I don't know how you're falling asleep. But all right, bro. <laughs> um, but no, I'm asleep. But it was the trailer for, top, for the new Top Gun was was a, a part of it i'm like oh i'm totally seeing it in this if i'm gonna see it i'm gonna see it in 4dx yeah because yeah. that's what this that's what this is made for is for movies like that totally so yeah. all right awesome guys well thank you again for joining us this has been a blast like i foresaw you know it, it being right on um, thank you and uh i guess we likewise were, thank yes. you and uh, for everybody listening, thank you for listening to this episode of Parental Advisory po- Movie Podcast. See, now I'm butchering it. Ah. <laughs> hey, man, we recorded longer than normal, so that's why. Yeah. You have too many words. That's what I learned. You just got to remove some. Yeah. Get, we, have just advisory. We, have, we have just as many as you guys have. <laughs> we have four. So. <laughs> more syllables, though. You more oh, syllables. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Ours also has double meaning, but whatever. Now, anyways, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. Um, stay safe out there in LA. Thank you. And the flames, send them, send them to the ocean. I guess that works. I don't know. Um, and I hope everything, I hope everything goes good. Um, and um, we'll talk to you guys soon. And to our listeners, we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>